So our focus for this next hour is going to be on the persecuted church and there's a number of videos that we're also going to look at as well. Um, I think the videos speak a lot more powerful than I can because they're in those difficult places and I'm hoping that will inspire and encourage you too. So, first of all, we're just going to read a couple of passages of couple of verses of scripture to you can we have those up there Paul here's one passage shall we read that together blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness for theirs is the kingdom of heaven and the next verse let's read together therefore as we have opportunity let us do good to all people especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Thank you. I don't know how much of the history you know about Open Doors, or even whether you've heard of it before, but I wanted to just give you a little background about uh, the history. The, the organization is celebrating 60 years, uh, no, more than 60 years. Um, over 60 years ago, a young Dutchman went into the what was known then as the Communist East, Eastern Europe and discovered that the church was being persecuted and it was the start of a journey of the creation of Open Doors. So in 1955, a young Dutchman went to a Communist Youth Congress in Poland and at that time it was part of the Soviet bloc. But he wasn't a communist, he was a Christian. And his suitcase contained his Bible, a change of clothes, and hundreds of tracts entitled The Way of Salvation, which he intended to give away. The trick was to change his life and many other people's. Behind the Iron Curtain, he discovered churches who were desperately in need of Bibles, support, and prayer. And above all, he found a group of Christians who felt isolated and alone and who thought that the rest of the world had forgotten them. And one evening during that visit, he went to a Baptist church in Warsaw in Poland where he was invited to speak. And he tells the story in his best-selling book, The God Smuggler. He says, At the end of my little talk, the pastor said the most interesting thing of all. We want to thank you, he said, for being here. Even if you had not said a word, just seeing you would have meant so much. We feel at times as if we're all alone in our struggle. And that young man became known as Brother Andrew. And his trip has changed the world. I'm going to show you just an introductory clip here.
Brother Andrew has an extraordinary story to tell, but he's at pains to stress that he was simply following God's call. He would tell us that, as he's told many others, that the Bible is full of ordinary people who went to impossible places and did wondrous things simply because they decided to follow Jesus. So I want to, for you to get your mindset right this morning as we focus on the persecuted church. Just imagine being arrested for possessing a Bible. Or arriving at Whitard Road this morning to discover that the government had closed it down. Or just imagine being denied access to education or employment because you're a Christian or imagine being imprisoned just because you simply talk to someone about Jesus maybe you having to flee your home and family because of your faith in Jesus and today open doors as bases and staff all over the world the next generation of Brother Andrews still smuggle Bibles into regions that are hostile to faith. And they still go wherever needed to show marginalized, isolated, and persecuted Christians around the world that they're not forgotten and never alone. Here's some key facts. We've got that slide there. Here's just some key facts. Persecution is rising. 245 million Christians live in the top 50 countries experiencing high levels of persecution or worse. And over 4,305 Christians were killed simply because of of their belief during 2018. Here's a map of the world watch list the open doors have carefully done the research every year and is presented to our government every year and indeed they are, have been supportive of the work of open doors at a glance without going into it all the, the red bits the redder bits are the most persecuted extremely persecuted And the orange bits are where there's very high persecution. And the yellow bits are where, well, there's persecution, but it's not yet got as high or as extreme as those other places. Korea, there, remains, unfortunately, number one as the top place of persecution for followers of Jesus 18 years on the trot so we're going to just focus on a number of places and uh, we're not going to be able to cover them all thank you we're not going to be able to cover them all but uh, Mike and I are going to share just something of these places and uh, Mike is also part of our 
obviously part of our church, one of our elders, but also um, he's also the one who would be our to-go-to person for information for open doors. So we're going to focus on number 11 of one of the worldwide watch places of persecution, Syria. Partly because it's been in our news for so much, for so long. So what's the up-to-date news there that's going on in Syria for the followers of Jesus? Well, we don't hear a lot about there's um, Christians in Syria and a church in Syria. Um, there's been a church in Syria since the very beginning. Antioch, where Christians were first called Christians, is on a Syrian-Turkey border. And there are churches in Syria that still worship in Aramaic, which is the language that Jesus spoke of. There's about 800,000 Christians in Syria now. That's about half the number that there were before the civil war started. And a lot of the ones who remain are those who are poor, who are old, perhaps got young children, the ones who couldn't flee. And also ones who decided to stay despite the terrible situation that, that they were they were in. Um, things have improved slightly um, in the last two or three years. Some some areas now are free from Islamic extremists, but s- still some areas Christians are under under um, Islamic extremists. They can't worship openly, and they have to pay protection money in their lives and constant danger and even in those areas which are free from Islamic State now the church is under great great pressure uh, Open Doors is still supplying 12,000 families with basic, basic necessities otherwise they would starve, they would have no, no heating and there's still much persecution and there's dangers of leaders being abducted for ransom and people who come from the Muslim community uh, in Syria who become Christians and the good news is that many of them are with the civil war are turning to Christ and sales of Bibles have actually increased during the civil, civil war in Syria so give thanks for that the church still needs our still needs our prayers. We're going to watch a, a video a video now. Um, there are eight hundred thousand Christians in Syria. That's eight hundred thousand in individuals. Mothers, fathers, children, grandparents. And this is just this video just features features two of them. I'll just explain shortly before we start. It features a lady called Gina who was married to a man called Robert in 2011 when the Civil War started. Their son Abraham, known as Apo, was born in 2012. Robert, the husband, was kidnapped in 2013, 
targeted because he was a Christian. They still don't know if he's alive or dead. Um, Dina and Apo live in Aleppo, Syria. That city was bombarded for years, where they are supported by Open Doors partner, Pastor Abdullah, in his church, receiving food parcels and winter fuel, and attending kids' groups and Bible studies.
difficulties that um, that Christians are experiencing now. Uh, I'll just say a, a short a short prayer now. Father, we thank we thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, to the the church in Syria, and we thank you, Lord, for their their faithfulness and devotion to you, despite all the trials that they face. Father, will you continue to shine your light upon them? And Lord, will your light shine through them so that they can be vessels of hope and reconciliation to a torn and broken land? In Jesus' name. Number 10 on the um, world watch list is India. And India has been increasingly getting more and more difficult for followers of Jesus. Um, They are presently ruled by a government which is the BJP party, an Hindu nationalist party, with, with links to groups who see being Hindu as part of Indian identity and therefore following any other religion is seen as unpatriotic. There are 64 million followers of Jesus in India which sounds an awful lot but the overall population is 1.3 billion. So actually they are a minority, less than 5%. And it's the rural areas where the Christians are usually found and increasingly isolated. Let's watch, I hope this video's slightly better. Um, Their church was destroyed, but their faith still stands.
just momentarily pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we lift Rohan to you and the fellowship of believers scattered around India. We thank you for their call, your call upon their lives and for their perseverance and tenacity to keep going. And we pray again that, Lord, you would be their shield and their fortress and their defense. And having done all things, to stand. We ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to. We're going to pray now. And we're going to pray using the words of faithful one, so unchanging. And as much as we can use this for our own personal circumstances, that's okay. But I want you to just have in mind some of the stories that we've already heard from Syria in Aleppo and indeed from India. And be using this as a prayer, faithful one, so unchanging. If you want to stand, feel free to do that. Faithful one, so unchanging, ageless one, you're my rock of peace, Lord of all, I depend on I call out to you again and again. I call out to you again and again. You are my rock in times of trouble you lift me up when I fall down all through the storm your love is the
again and again. You are my rock in times of trouble. You lift me up when I fall down. Just going to watch uh, a video. 